Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. I want to ask you guys a series of questions. I have three questions that I want to ask you tonight. The first question is this. How many of you in this place, and you can show by a raise of hands, have ever prayed this prayer, which is God... However you want to use me, just use me. Let me see by raise of hands. Wow, that's a lot of people in this place. All right, put your hands down. I have a follow-up question. How many of you have ever prayed the prayer, God, less of me and more of you? How many? Less of me. I see people. I've prayed that many times. I've prayed that prayer about less of me and more of you. Now, I, I want to ask the third question, which is this. is How many of you have prayed these types of prayers but gone right back to the thing you said you wouldn't do. Oh, a little less people, a little less, a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to be honest in church. <laughs> Let the spirit of transparency enter the room. <laughs> How many people have prayed the prayer of God? Use me. I want to be used by you, God. Less of me, more of you. Break me. Just do what you want with me. Then the next night you're back to what you said you wouldn't do. You said you'd leave her alone, but God, why is she so fine? <laughs> you said you would, your cutoff time would be 10 p.m., but for some reason, a text just slipped in at 9.55, and the conversation was so good, it just couldn't end. I see the general is in the house. Let's appreciate the general. My mom is here. We love you, Dad. We honor you. How many of you said that? God... I want to change. I want to be used by you. I want to just have a completely different relationship with you. But then we go back to the same very thing. In Matthew 3 verses 11, there's a scripture so beautiful. I'm going to put it, I'll probably be paraphrasing a lot of text today, but Matthew 3 verses 11 says it like this. It says, I baptize with water. This is John the Baptist speaking. It says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. But he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Somebody say the Holy Spirit and fire. I ask God, I say, God, how come many of us pray these prayers but we end up going back into the cycles? And that's when God ministered to me, whispered in my ear. He told me this apostle. He said, it's because a lot of us have less of an issue at receiving the Holy Ghost, but we have a lot of issue at receiving the baptism of fire. I said, God, what are you trying to tell me? I said, this is not the type of message you want to preach at an August occasion like this, the baptism of fire. It sounds so spooky. But God said, no. He said, I want to tell your people tonight, tell them that I know that many of them have accepted and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but many of them still struggle to receive the baptism of fire. I prophesy tonight you will receive the baptism of fire. I said you will receive the baptism of fire. Your amen's too small here. I said you will receive the baptism of fire. The main reason... That God looks for men and women is because he looks for men and women that he can put them in fire. If you are not dipped in fire, then I have a very hard time receiving your ministry. 
Because I believe that anybody that God wants to use, he first has to dip you in fire so that the words you're speaking are not words that are just simply air, but the words you're speaking are coming from bowls of fire. I prophesy to this generation that this generation will not be lost, but it will be the generation who is dipped in fire. If you're the one, say, I'm the one. You got to work with me. Say, I'm the one. There was once a story I remember my dad teaching me and telling me when I was younger. And it was of this young man, and uh, I brought this baptismal pool because I want to demonstrate something. Just bring it on stage. Please clap for these guys as they're coming on stage. <laughs> you can put it right here. So this is our baptismal pool. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's nice. Would you come in for me? Clap for these young men. This will dress so nicely. Now, I'm going to need you to demonstrate, so please go inside. I know you're dressed fresh today, but, you know, oh, clap for the young man. It's not easy. It's, it's not easy. Yeah, please, lay us if you can. My dad once told me a story. Dad, I don't know if you remember this story. It was of a young man who was coming for a baptism. The story is this. The story is this, is that he came for the baptism, and it was, he was going to be baptized in water. Now, I want you to take this analogy in as though we're doing the baptism of fire, all right? He came and he said, listen, pastor, I want to be baptized because I want to make a public confession of an internal decision. So he came to be baptized. Now, when the pastor was baptizing him, he took his head and he said, in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Ghost, I baptize you. But as he was baptizing him, his right hand was above the water. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's funny. Just keep it right there. It's funny. And <laughs> I know he's struggling, don't worry. God will make a way for you, brother. <laughs> and his right arm was in the air and the pastor said, why is your right arm in the air? I'm trying to stick it. Everything needs to be immersed in the water. And the man said, pastor, this is the hand I use because I'm a thief. This is the hand I use to steal. And if you put this hand under the water, I can't steal any longer. And that's when it occurred to me that God said, how many of us are in the baptism of fire, but we have many parts of us that are above? Listen, God is trying to dunk you in fire tonight. He's not trying to let parts of you be out. He wants to completely dunk you in fire. If you need the fire, say, I need the fire. Let me tell you something. The reason why many of us don't like being dunked in fire is because we lose a bit of us and we gain a bit of God. Oh, gosh. So we want to speak in tongues, but yet we don't carry power. We speak in tongues, yet we're still living in sin because we had no problem receiving the Holy Ghost. But when it came to the fire, because the fire consumes everything in its way, when you're talking about the wildfire, it's the fire that cannot be consumed. It just consumes everything that comes in its way. God is telling the church tonight, I am not looking for people with their arms above. I'm looking for people who will immerse themselves in the fire. If it's you, say, I'm the one. Tap three people, see you're the one, you're the one. Have a seat, I'm wrapping up, I'm wrapping up. If you're going to clap, clap on to God. He said, I want to immerse my people in the, in the water. I want to immerse them in the fire. I want to make sure that no part of them sticks up and every part of them you see the main thing that happens with the baptism of fire church is this is that it enters into every part of your being 
When you are fully immersed in the fire of the Holy Ghost, there's desires of the flesh that have no choice but to die. The same way light and darkness can coexist is the same way that you being on fire of the Holy Ghost and having fleshly desires that overcome it, they have no chance if you truly have the fire of the Holy Ghost burning on the inside of you. There are some things that will just die on themselves. Some things that have no choice but to die. You see, when you are immersed, thank you so much, you can come out. Did he come out? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Clap for Nathaniel. I'm so sorry. I left him. <laughs> Keep it here. Keep it here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That means he's truly baptized in the fire. Come on. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. I see a man of God rising from your life. You will go to the nations and you will speak the thus saith the Lord. Because the fire of the Holy Ghost is still in your stomach. Someone say amen. I'm wrapping up here. I see the prophet is just getting started. I see his engine is revving tonight. Tonight is a night of the prophetic. You see, when you've been baptized in fire, every part of your body is consumed. Meaning your flesh is consumed and even more your bones are consumed. You see, when your bones become consumed, you become like Jeremiah. Where the Bible said your word is like fire in my heart and like fire that is shut up in my bones. When fire becomes shut up in your bones, it's every part of you becomes consumed to the point that your very part of your bone is consumed. I asked Kizito, he's my biology teacher, and I asked him a few things about bones. I said, Kizito, what is the last part of the body that decays? And he said, he said, he said Pastor Kof, it's the bone. I said, would it not be the flesh, the skin? He said, no, the flesh actually, it, it starts decaying the moment life is gone. But he said the moment that the flesh is gone, then the muscles start to go. But because the bone has been so structured for such a long time, it takes longer for it to decay. So that's when it occurred to me. I said, God, is that when you're now talking about the Bible and Elisha, when Elisha's bones begin to raise the dead man? And he said, yes, son, that's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to raise a generation that even when they're gone, they will have traces of their fire. Even when you're gone, the fire in your bones will be doing miracles when you're dead. I don't think I have a church in here. But if I had a church on a Thursday night, you would be giving God a shout right here. Come on. Listen to me. When you have fire that is shut up in your bones, you don't have time for the booty call. You don't have time for the parties. You don't have time for the world. Because when fire is in your bones, when fire is in your bones, all you want to do is be in the place of prayer. All you want to do is be in the place of power. All you want to be doing is being found in the sanctuary. When fire is shut up in your bones, it means that there is an assignment God has for you. And this assignment may very well outlive you. It's my prayer that by the time I've left this earth, and you can record it, that people will still be talking about the TLC Campus Rush Revival. By the time I leave this earth, people will be reading textbooks of the greatest and longest revivals that have happened. I see your name being written in that book. I said, I see your name being written in that book. Hey. Please be seated. I have four minutes. Please be seated. 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 Ha. 
When you've been baptized in fire, you'll find it in Joshua 14.10. It says this, when, you be, when you've been baptized in fire, you will be like Caleb, whereby when he's 85 years old, he's asking God for a new mountain to conquer. Oh, Papa spoke on it so beautifully on Sunday. He said, how can a man when he's 85 be asking for a mountain? But you, you're 20 years old and you're saying, God, you haven't answered my prayers yet. I'm done with you. An 85-year-old man saying, I have more fire now than I did when I was 45 years old when I was called. You're 20 years old saying, man, I'm tired. Ministry is so tiring. They tell me to do this and tell me to do that. If you could get over your pettiness and just understand God is in the process. He's in the process. He's in the process. I said, God is in the process. He's in the process. God is in the process of baptizing you in fire. When God is trying to baptize you in fire, there will be situations. There will be the left arm that wants to stay up, but you have to shove it down. There are some weaknesses that don't need to be weaknesses anymore. They just need to be mountains you've conquered. Stop blaming the fact that you can't stop sinning on the fact, I have a weakness. No. This is the time of the generation where we put away childish things because when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, there were fire in my bones that could not be shut up. And I have to let it go. I have to let it out. There's no way, Papa, that you should have all the fire in your bones that us as a generation do not stand behind you and push you to the next level. We vow as a generation, we will stand behind the fathers, we will stand behind the generals, and we will push because there's fire in the bones of the Father. Listen to me. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Don't let the fathers die with fire in their bones. Because as they were trying to baptize you, because the proper, the proper process of baptism is when somebody who is above you has to dunk you in the, in the fire, has to dunk you in the water, has to dunk you, has to discipline you. I'm, he has to correct you a little bit. He, he has to stop you from doing some things. He's going to tell you that he doesn't like that. See, there's a message you don't like and we won't shout about because we don't like correction. That's why a generation is like this. But if we could just learn to be obedient and, 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 and say, you know what, I know I like it my way. My right arm is above the water, but God, if this is my man of God, I am fully submitted. If you tell him to dunk my right arm in the fire, so let it be. God, whatever you want to do with me, let it be done. If you want to speak to me directly, if you want to speak to me through the man of God, let it be done. Somebody say, let it be done. Be seated. I have two minutes. When you've been baptized in fire, I'm giving you three scenarios. The first one that I spoke to you about was what? Was Jeremiah. The second one I spoke to you about was what? Caleb. The third one is this, is that when you become baptized in fire, you now are like the three Hebrew boys. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where <laughs> you don't bow down to the sounds of this generation. You don't dance to the music 
of, of, of this generation that is luring you in. You, you, don't, you don't compromise your walk because you want to fit in. Listen to me. People may tell you that you're uncool because you come to church. People may tell you all sorts of things. I mean, they told me all sorts of names. They told me I was a super Christian. They told me I was, man, this guy, you're a radical. You're a this. No, I just have fire in my bones. Oh, my God. And I can't shut up about it. That's all. That's all. I just have fire in my bones. They'll call you all sorts of names. They'll tell you all sorts of things. But let me tell you, don't look down upon yourself because a time is coming. And I believe prophetically the time is now where God is now going to let his sons and his daughters prophesy. He's going to allow the fire on the inside of his sons and daughters to now be visible. Three Hebrew boys, I'm wrapping up here. Three Hebrew boys, I'm going to read this portion of scripture. It says in Daniel 3 verses 22, And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three Hebrew men in. The flames killed the soldiers who were throwing them in. But it says, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were securely tied. They fell into the roaring flames. I know some of you guys are saying, Pastor Kof, I know I'm trying to be a good Christian. I'm trying to do what God has called me to do. I mean, they told me to bow down. I didn't bow down. They told me to smoke. I did not smoke. They told me to lose up my holiness. I didn't lose my holiness. They told me to do all sorts of things. I've been faithful to the call, but pastor, I'm being thrown in the fire and I don't know what to do. I have a word for you. Listen to this and take very close attention to this, that, that you should not fret because you're being thrown in the fire. Listen, let me tell you this, that the fire in your bones is greater than the fire that you are in the fire in your bones is greater than the fire that you are in you think you are in a situation that is going to kill you it's not killing you it's just making you stronger as you go inside that flame as you go inside that fire the bible said there they met a man there they met a man and the king said for didn't we not throw three boys in? How come there are four and one of them looks as though he is a god? I'm telling you something. That in the midst of your fire. Let me, let me actually even backspace. That the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. The Bible says what? God is what? A consuming fire. That means he makes his dwelling place fire. So you think you're being thrown into a difficulty. But you're actually being thrown into God. being thrown into God they were thrown in that fire not knowing what was going to happen to them but as they were thrown into that fire papa there God was waiting for them to say listen I've been in this fire the whole time I was just waiting to see if you can neglect that thing if you can cut away of that thing if you can baptize that hand if you could get rid of that weakness I was waiting for you to be thrown into this fire so that I can reveal myself in the fire there in the fire is where you will see the true wildfire I prophesied by the time this conference is over you will see the real wildfire which is Jesus Christ the son of the living God the everlasting king the one who never loses the one who always wins if you believe it, his name is Jesus rise to your feet and shout yes hey ha hey prof please get prof a mic we're about to go into some prayer and he's going to go into the prophetic let me leave you with these three things as I go 
when you come into contact with God's fire, somebody's saying, why do I need to be baptized? I hear that. Why? 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 I've already been baptized in water. I speak in tongues. Why do I need to be baptized in fire? Let me give you three points. Number one, when you are baptized in fire, what happens is this, is that you receive an uncontrollable passion. One, an uncontrollable passion. Somebody say uncontrollable passion. That means that there are some things that in your nature will change. You won't even realize that you are doing some things. You don't even realize you've prayed for three hours. You're like, how did I even do this? There's a passion that rises up in you. The Bible says that when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter, he didn't even realize it, but he cut the ear of the soldier. It's a passion you get when you're around the consuming fire. I pray that you receive a passion. By the time this conference is over, you will receive a passion. Number two, what happens is this, is that when you come into contact with God's fire, you receive an undignified praise. Oh, not, not, not like a, God, I love you. But it's a type of praise that David was praying to the point where by his wife, Michal, said, why are you praising because the ark is coming? Listen, I don't even care about the fact that the ark is back in Israel. I'm mad at the fact that you as a king are operating like this. I have a question. When God lifts you, can you still praise like you're crazy? The reason why God can't give you a million dollars because he knows you'll stop praising him. But if you can praise him like you already have the millions, then when God, when God gets ready to release it to you, you won't change. Your heart won't change. Your mind won't change. I'm giving you three seconds right now. I want you to practice and give God an undignified. That was dignified. I'm giving you three more seconds. To, you know what an undignified means? It means you don't care who is watching you. Listen, I have passed the phase that I care about what people think. Hold up. If you think I'm crazy, I don't care. If you think I'm too much, I don't care. If you think that, oh, he thinks he's a man of God, I don't care. There is fire in my Give God a praise. The last thing he's giving you, I gave you number one was what? An uncontrollable passion. Number two was what? An undignified. And the last one is that God is about to give you an unrelenting prayer life. I mean, you'll be able to pray every day of your life. There will be a prayer that rises up on the inside of you. As the prophet comes, we are going to practice because we're coming in contact with the consuming fire tonight. We're being baptized in fire. God has given you an unrelenting prayer life. You are going to pray for long periods of hours. The Bible said when Jesus came back, he said, could you not just pray one hour? That means one hour of prayer is the minimum. People say, really, pastor? I've been doing five, dog. Like, hey, that's fine, but don't stay there. Grow in your prayer life. I mean, these next two days, listen, if you don't like prayer, just wake up next week. Because the way we're going to pray, I'm not like, listen, 
it's not a regular service. Now I'm, I've put on like I'm, I've traveled. I've put on like I'm at a revival somewhere. I'm not even at my church no more. I'm preaching like this is not my church. We are going to pray for the next four minutes and you are going to cry out to God and your prayer is this, God, do not pass me by. That's it. Do not pass me by. Can I get the prayer warriors or prayer pastors, apostles, raise up the temperature of prayer in this place. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.